This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It is nine minutes now before four o'clock in conversation next with Toby Fricker, who is the Chief Communications Officer at UNICEF South Africa. So as the Africa Climate Summit kicks off today in Nairobi in Kenya, the latest UNICEF South Africa U report poll suggests that young people can play a pivotal role in influencing climate and environmental policies. The report also revealed that two-thirds of those polled either agreed or were not sure when asked if their futures were at risk if they don't learn about climate change and how to respond to it. Toby now joining us on the line. Toby, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Just before we get to the results of, um, of, what, of what you found here from this poll, but was there clear understanding from your respondents about climate change and the impact of climate change? Yeah, no, th- thanks so much uh, for, for having UNICEF on. I think, I mean, the poll shows it, it's a positive finding, let's say. Let's start with the positive. Um, when we're seeing you know, that 70% of young people who believe they can influence policy. Um, now, at the same time, you've then got to obviously dig deeper and, and see what it is, how do they understand what policy is and how do young people, how do children really do that to influence policy? And we saw that 31% of respondents said that they still need you know, more support to be able to influence policies effectively. And 41% said they hadn't received enough training or, or, or developed skills needed to respond to climate change more broadly and its impacts. Um, there's work to be done, but we saw that um, you know, a good proportion of children reported that they were learning about the climate crisis at school, but others around sort of 39% said they weren't learning enough. So, so there's clearly areas where we need to do more you know, awareness raising, more education, but also supporting you know, practical actions uh, on the ground. And is there any, um, is there any, from the responses that you got, is there any difference in how the respondents were responding based on um, where they are located and also based on the SEM or the LSM? Well, we don't have like a detailed breakdown to see exactly where the different responses came from. We have an overriding sort of broad uh, idea of, of r- urban, rural, uh, gender, for example. Um, so there's definitely more work to be done to really hone in on where, where, where does that response change? You know, what, are, what is the understanding of children in more rural areas compared to urban areas? Um, and that work really, really goes on. Um, but what it does provide is a sort of pulse, like a youth pulse. So we get a better idea of what children, young people are thinking. Uh, we get a better idea of what, what are they picking up in, in the school environment or not. Um, and where can we then sort of help to, to, to support that process along the way to help to really uh, help children, young people to, to be able to act and be able to engage in, and engage with government, both at, at national but also at more local level. And the need of having these conversations around climate change and also um, making sure that the language that's being used is also accessible. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. And a, a lot of the language is very technical. We had, you know, for example, last week, we had what is called the release, the publication of general comment number 26, which is a very technical way in saying that it's in addition to the Convention on the Rights of the Child, where states are being urged to really take action on, on climate. Um, and it provides like strong guidance uh, for states to be able to do that, but also to the private sector as well. So it's really then breaking that down so children understand what that is, um, but also governments and, and private sector understand what, what's being said. Um, because there really are those specific impacts on children need to be taken more and more uh, into account. 
And then the other conversation is, of course, around um, decisions that are made at the multinational bodies. Um, we know, for instance, about the Paris Agreement and how some countries decided to pull out the USA, um, taking note of this as well, is um, at, 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 a, at, a, at a geopolitical level, um, is there any understanding from the respondents about what is taking place? But then do they have any conversations about, um, for instance, a just, um, a just transition and what does a just energy transition mean and the financial commitments that were made by developed nations to developing countries? Yeah, I mean, I think that's very important. And I think what we have to remember is there are many organizations, there's a UNICEF, but many others at a local level who are, who are working on climate and environment issues. Um, and they're really helping to break down some of that language so children, young people understand what does the just transition mean, yeah. but also how will it impact on them in, in certain areas, particularly in areas like Mpumalanga. Um, so, so it's really about uh, enabling that access to education, that awareness raising um, through, through really sort of a holistic approach, let's say, from the school environment to community to NGOs, other organizations who, who work with children and young people. And, and I think there is an understanding there, um, but there's definitely work to be done at the same time. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you so much, Toby. Toby uh, Fricker there's the Chief Communications Officer at UNICEF South Africa.